Welcome to Cloud Native Compass, a podcast to help you navigate the vast landscape of the cloud native ecosystem. We're your hosts. I'm David Flanagan, a technology magpie that can't stop playing with new shiny things. I'm Laura Santa Maria, a forever learner who is constantly breaking production. All right. This episode of Cloud Native Compass is all about AI. So David decided to input a request into ChatGPT for a sonnet about Kubernetes. David, why don't you start us out? What did ChatGPT say? <laughs> in digital realms where servers hum and sway, a symphony of nodes in rhythmic dance, there lies a master orchestrating play, Kubernetes, the captain of advance. Its containers, like actors on a stage, hold microcosms of code's vibrant art. With Docker's grace, they come alive, engage, a ballet where technology takes part. Scaling with grace like stars and boundless skies, replicas bloom, weather at its will. Resilient it hears the failure's cry, yet presses on each challenge to fulfill. Oh, Kubernetes, conductor of the cloud, you orchestrate our dreams, forever proud. I can't believe I just read that. So uh, we have a guest on. So JJ, can you tell us who you are and what you do and how it all works, the whole thing, all of it? Yeah. <laughs> um, hi, JJ Asgar. Uh, I'm a developer advocate for IBM now. Um, and that means a lot. I wear a lot of hats. That's what it boils down to. Um, I kind of engage in different organizations in different spaces. I try to represent developers um, and their, their kind of, their persona, I think is the um, project management term. I'm trying to learn the vernacular. What can I say? Um, and, uh, right now, uh, I'm focusing on a product called, um, Watson X, which is an AI platform, um, that's built off of open source. And, uh, I feel like your audience would be interested in hearing a little bit about that space. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of an interesting topic to really bring up now. I know that there's the Linux Foundation's AI and Data Foundation, and then there's obviously the CNCF, which is another sub-organization for the Linux Foundation. So is Watson AI part of like the AI data one? Is it the cloud native one? So uh, I want to like dig all the way down into this landscape. <laughs> let's, let's go for it. So. Yeah, well, first of all, I got to be, because I, I am an IBMer and I have to have, uh, I have to get That's the branding the correctly. Yeah. Um, it's WatsonX.ai is the official okay. name of the AI platform for WatsonX.ai. Um, we also have a couple other products coming down that do other portions that are required for a real AI platform to work. Um, I don't think I'm allowed to publicly say those words quite yet. I don't actually know. But the one that um, your community uh, in general would be focusing on most likely is uh, WatsonX.ai. Now, that one, um, so when you kind of tie that up to um, the foundations and the organizations that our industry uses, like uh, LF, AI, and things like that, what we have done as IBM is uh, kind of stepped into the LF AI to help build the ecosystem for um, enterprise-grade level AI, an AI platform that allows enterprise to be comfortable with using AI. Uh, I'm going to just go into a quick little tirade about why, because you're probably like, JJ, why wouldn't any enterprise be happy with this, right? 
Like, yeah, it's tell, true. tell us a bit about why enterprises maybe don't like AI. That, that's an interesting yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's this whole world right now of people being like, AI is going to take our jobs, right? Um, sure? You know it is, right? Everyone knows this. Well, we can make fun of it, but the the truth of it is, um, as much as people think ChatGPT or um, all the other major uh, disruptors out there have come into the ecosystem and started giving you sonnets about Kubernetes, uh, which is actually surprisingly good. Um, yeah, seriously, we'll ask it for a sonnet and later, on Kubernetes. Later, okay, yeah. no. Um, anyway, and uh, as much as people think that's that's entertaining and interesting, when you start looking at actual how our business is done, there isn't a very good, safe environment for this information. Um, so everything the ChatGPT gets, it learns off of. It, it, it grabs. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the Samsung, for instance, issue with people giving out the uh, the proprietary information, and then all of a sudden, someone else gets that proprietary information about the Samsung thing. I, I, hopefully, we can figure find yeah. the, the link to that. Um, that is just a microcosm of the problems when it comes to business, because right now, ChatGPT is a complete and utter black box. There is no way that the owners of ChatGPT or OpenAI um, or Microsoft, who has invested billions into it, will ever give us the data that ChatGPT has been built off of. And if you start going down that train of thought, all of a sudden you recognize you're giving all your proprietary information. You can't give your proprietary information, whether it be a PDF of how your HR system works to the schematics of a F-15, you can't give it to, you can't use ChatGPT with it because you don't know who's going to get it on the other side. This is where Watson X comes into play. A really great analogy for Watson X versus the industry right now is ChatGPT is Napster. Watson X is iTunes. If you think of and you put it in that paradigm, all of a sudden things start making a lot more sense on the enterprise level. Because now you can go to banks and say, hey, we can give you a foundational model that we can give you all the data that was built off of this. And obviously with some money, business stuff happening, right? We're not going to just like give it to you, of course, build the relationship, et cetera, et cetera. But we can give you that, give you the training on top of it. And then you can put your proprietary stuff on top of that. So you can have the chat bot that gives you, that turns out that Aetna is your insurance and he give you all the information you need about Aetna or, or whatever, right? Which is, believe it or not, something that's insanely powerful, <laughs> right? So anyway, that, 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 when, when you start going down that track, you start seeing more things in that space. Huh. <laughs> you so, can go, David. I mean, I get, I get asked for yeah. questions about like open source and AI, but you go next. Yeah, I just want to understand, make sure I understand the the proposition correctly, right? So you've done this this comparison, right? You're saying Napster versus iTunes. Um, people use say ChatGPT and OpenAI to go and ask any question because it's a model that is trained on multiple billion of parameters right and all that information like you said is a black box we don't understand it it doesn't really allow you to i don't know dig into sort of niche subjects with high uh, cardinality yeah. yeah exactly what's an x i get to decide what that data is and i get to then 
query it through a similar style interface is that the is that what watson x would offer me as a developer like a model where i say here's all of my data have have my life right and then i can yeah. ask it questions and it's going to give me answers but that if that's true which is cool right it does i have this little question where i'm like okay um is there a bias where it's only going to confirm the stuff that i've given it in my data like, is it going to be able to be? Is it going to be able to be slightly more objective? Can you feed outside properties to augment or enrich? Like, how does that all work? That's that is a very great question, um, and that's a natural progression, right? So let's go a little bit deeper than um, the CIO CTO level, and let's go down to the senior executives and start thinking about this. Yeah, yeah. Right. Sorry. Um, you you like that? That was a good. That was, that was good. Um, <laughs> So, so yes, it's a very valid question. What, what is AI? Um, a good friend of mine, Carl, uh, actually mentioned this the other day. What is AI? It's just a yes man, right? When you actually look at it, what is AI? It's, it takes percentages of the possible questions you're asking it, finds the highest percentage of what you were looking for, and gives you that answer. That is what AI is in a nutshell. It's a yes man. It's a crony, right? So... What we need to do is give accuracy to the crony to get the answers you were looking for very specifically. Now, we have something called foundational models, which is, uh, I think there's four of them. I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to say in publicly right now, so I'm just going to say there's four foundational models. And they're all built off of um, data that we have, got, we have agreed upon that are uh, safe to use. Now, Let's pivot quickly and talk about models in the open source ecosystem. Models in the open source ecosystem, something called Hugging Face. Um, if your audience doesn't know about it, uh, the easiest thing to describe Hugging Face as is the GitHub of AI. Um, it allows places to put models up there that you can build off of previous models. They also give some really nice, uh, I think the term is shims, uh, on top of uh, AI uh, development work. So you don't have to do all the stuff around it. You can write some very simple Python to be able to leverage stuff from uh, from from uh, Hugging Face. Now, ninety five. This is not hyperbole. Ninety five percent of those open source models are built off of something called literally the pile. <laughs> if you Google the pile AI, it is a massive data set out there that is just like I think eight hundred gigs. Last time I looked at it, that people. Yeah, that is all just text and information of on the web that people have just shoved together. So LLMs or uh, linguistic language models, language language yeah. learning models, Thank you, large, large language, large, models. large, yeah, large, large language model. Yeah. Laura's <laughs> language model. None of us actually <laughs> know. None of us know what this means. Anyway. Exactly. Um, so the majority, the ninety-five percent of these LLMs out there. Um, are actually trained on the pile. And trust me, Google it. It comes up in a, in a Wikipedia article. It's this whole big data set problem that they have. Well, you've, you've said something right there, right? Like we have this open source governed centralized knowledge of Wikipedia. Like why is that not the base for these models? So, so uh, uh, great, great question. Before we get, get on that, that, that branch, let's, let, let me finish what I was trying to talk about. The, yeah, sure. the, the, the pile problem. <laughs> which is um, the pile isn't clean. There is a lot of proprietary pirated issues inside of 
inside of um, the pile, uh, data inside of that. There are books that are completely ripped off. So when you start looking to copyright law, <laughs> right, and all of a sudden finding out people have written and their books are in the pile, and the LLM is trained on their book without permission, and they create something off of that, that brings into some really interesting conversations about how our copyright law works. And then how, with that too, patent law works. And then with that, licensing. And all of a sudden, it, it, the, 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 the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the, um, pyramid scheme? Well, not only pyramid scheme, but um, the, the house of cards that is yeah. our industry, all of a sudden starts, starts falling apart. Because frankly speaking, if we, if we allow, which right now, um, at this exact moment in time when we're recording, uh, a federal judge and at least the U.S. government has said anything from an AI that is created cannot be copyrighted, right? That is, that is this exact moment in time. I think that was literally yesterday. Yeah, boy, sure. um, yeah. yeah. But again, that's only here in the U.S., right? Um, and being a U.S.-centric company at IBM, we obviously are paying very close attention to this. This all brings up a whole conversation of, like, how do we keep going down this path without, without possibly destroying our industry, right? People joke about how we're barreling forward to, to the end times, um, leveraging, leveraging AI and all that jazz. But when you actually look at how we protect and can use the entities that is governments to enforce, yes, I have not stolen your idea and it is my right to sell this to people for goods and services. If all of a sudden AI can create all that stuff and they create something very close to that and they can start selling that as their proprietary thing, all of a sudden businesses don't, don't function, right? As soon as we get a real... AI that creates a, the next Taylor Swift song. I mean, if, if we call it Taylor Swift bot, I don't, I don't know what, right? Like you get what I'm saying. You, you, you see all of a sudden the, the onion gets scarier and scarier and scarier. So we, we have to build this wall to make sure that the world we, we, we know right now, which is going to change because we're going to try to create avenues to be successful. But if we're not, <laughs> um, it's scary, people. <laughs> it's scary. Yeah. So why not Wikipedia? <laughs> ah, yes. Great question. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to bring it back to a little bit of levity because otherwise we're just going to go screaming down the black hole. Uh, but... Well, we've already passed the VP level. We've already passed the director. We're already like into the thought leadership, like All right. engineering people, right? Thought leaders. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, there you go. Um, I do want to say... Uh, well, at least from my understanding of how uh, Wikipedia works and when if you parallelize it, parallelize it, sure, um, with the pile, the amount of errors inside of Wikipedia and conflicting information on top of uh, the ability to actually get the information out of Wikipedia and train it usefully, there really isn't actually as much to get useful information. It goes back to the my simple example of a bunch of PDFs to look for suggested areas to find stuff. Um, in my mind, that is the easiest path for most people to grasp when it comes to understanding the power of AI. Right now, 
we've passed the whole if-then statements of, of AI. We've passed the whole ecosystem of um, uh, give me uh, avocado chairs or whatever from Dolly. Right now, we need to look at how we can make our lives a little bit better. There are there are uh, LLMs, or not even LLMs, I think they're considered classification, but any point point is that you can shove a bunch of PDFs into a model then say, hey, I'm looking for information about our um, growth over the last two quarters. And maybe that's only in a chart, right, inside of the PDFs of, of your business logic. There are LLMs that can read all those charts and figure out, hey, turns out growth over the last quarter is, is in this graph and it's over the last four years. This is the fourth spot right here. Okay, it looks like it was 50%. It can respond back. It looks like your growth was over about 50% referenced in this diagram in this PDF, right? So it becomes like a really, really great librarian if you think of it that way. And then if you can tell that story to an enterprise, they have PD, um, every enterprise, right, has massive amounts of PDFs of all their policies, procedures, and everything like that. If you can create a librarian, um, think of whatever dystopian sci-fi that has a librarian in it, which is always always a thing, right? If you can give that to an enterprise and say, I can give you a way to do that with your trusted data that I know will not leave our borders because that is core to our business, maybe you should look into that. I mean, but that also assumes that the librarian is not making up data. I don't know if you heard about the the lawyer that asked for somebody to go through all of the legal history for some something, and it turned out they made up like the LLM or the 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 AI made up a fake court filing to prove something. Yeah, and yeah. the judge caught it, and it was a big deal. Uh, that's in the U.S. again, but still, like. I'm a little worried about that librarian not quite being correct. But does this come down to a misunderstanding of where people think AI is today? Like, I think, you know, when I speak to my wife, I speak to my family, I speak to friends, and they're talking about chat GPT, right? I mean, they're all trying it. They're all playing with it because it's getting so much coverage. They don't understand the generative part of it. They think it's giving them knowledge. They, they don't yeah. know that it's just all made up. Now, we do because we're in this industry, we follow the news, we read these stories. But to most people, it's a fact machine that's artificially intelligent and is going to give you the correct answer. So, I mean, was the lawyer liable? Did they know it was fake? Did they not verify it? Sure. But what did they expect from the AI? Like, And that's one reason why we have to get AI to cite the stuff. Right. That's not too far away to be able to like, where did you get this information from? You can the, the, the natural progression is citation and, you know, trust, but verify. But again, that also requires on the model that you've created and which model you've chosen, which black box you've decided to do, where the data has been trained, like where the data is actually trained off of. Again, this, this all goes back to the other problem that we don't talk about as an industry. And as soon as you start playing more in the space, you recognize that. It's not the LLM or the model. I, we, I know we're intertwining, trying, interchanging LLM and model. <laughs> I want to. I want to acknowledge first of all that that's wrong, right? But most people have exposure to LLMs, so that's why it's becoming like the Kleenex conversation. Again, I want to acknowledge that that's wrong. There is very specific terms here, but just to get there for the conversation, I want to make sure that 
that's that's clear. I, I know what I'm talking about, but I, I'm even making this mistake. Um, the core value, the core problem of this whole narrative is that we're talking about the compute. We're talking about the compiler. We're not talking about the source code, which is the data, right? And the data is what actually gives the compiler, which gives you the answers of the, entire, the, the AI, the information. We need to figure out a way that we can have trusted data that exists in the space that we know that won't create the court filing or has the ability to create a court filing, right? And, and we have that ability to have that conversation and trust that the AI does that. But again, it goes back to the pile, right? Which is a bunch of untrusted data where, again, I'm going to be an IBM shrill for a second and say, we have engineers who are dedicated to cleaning the pile. We actually have humans that are going through the pile making sure that it is trusted data to build, build our foundational models off of. So we pull from the open source ecosystem. So we actually do have, like, that's the other part of IBM's whole model. And we, why we have such a good relationship, if you look into it, with Hugging Face specifically. We've built partnerships directly with Hugging Face to pull from the open source ecosystem. Because we, as IBMers, know that the open source ecosystem is going to drive the winds of the sail of the ship or whatever you want to whatever enterprise statement you want to make there of the industry. And um, we acknowledge that. So we are, we are spending a lot of time and effort in building and building bridges to Hugging Face and taking the open source stuff from Hugging Face and finding a way to make it safe for enterprises to work. We have whole teams of people inside of our research org at IBM that that's all they do is they clean data. I don't envy them at all because that's, <laughs> Gotta be boring, but um, they, we do have these people who do it. And I have—I I was at a training relatively recently about this, and it was—it was they—they it was, they were proud because they were able to say that this sliver of this knowledge inside of this open source data set, we can now talk to our downstream clients to say, no, we can provide this level of confidence with this level of information, and you put your level on top of it, and you build some prompt engineering on top of that, and then all of a sudden, you're getting the answers you're looking for. Is that sanitized data that is now verified pushed back to Hugging Face for other people to use? That's, that's well, because we're investing so much money at this exact moment in time, no. Um, we are, we, that is going to be one of our selling points, is that we can give you the core data we can give you the data set that we have built our model. And of course, the model that we're going to be offering to you through the Watson X platform will be so large and so um, processor intensive, we need to run it on our cloud. I mean, what does IBM have? It's literally business machines, right? Um, so we have a lot of compute power to do this stuff. So we can run that model, that we, but we can give you the actual data set. And we can say with legal penalties that this is the data set that builds this model. So you can actually push this out to and put your level of information on top of it to get the information you're looking for. Okay. Can we, I want to make sure, so I like, let, let's take all the things we've covered, right? What's next? We've got clean, trusted data. People, people can come along and say, okay, I'm going to use this for my organization because I have this level of trust, right? Now, I'd like to understand like a real real use case that any developer listening to this episode would be like, yeah, that sounds really, really sweet, right? And I, I'm wondering, like, 
could we take Kubernetes events? Could we take metric servers? Could we push this all into what's an X? Can we derive insights and predictability into our workloads in a Kubernetes cluster as, a, as an example, right? Is, is that something you're seeing people do? Uh, well, the answer is yes, um, with a lot of asterisks behind it. Um, <laughs> or it I'm depends. sorry, I'm a yeah, I'm sorry, I'm a senior engineer. It depends, um, <laughs> but the, so so as, as much as the, as much as the conversation we had around Watson X is um, the best part about of this whole narrative is that I use this term in a lot of conversations I have, but it is valid in in this one. We want to be the red solo cups of AI. If you don't know what red solo cup is, uh, watch any U.S. Uh, college movie, right? The beer pong cups, uh, right? Like the yeah, they're, they're, they're pop yes. Pop yeah, 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 that's yeah. correct. Yes, exactly. Okay. I'm not in the U.S., but that's all I know them as. That's it. Yeah. But Solo makes an insane amount of money on those things because they're everywhere, right? They're just the way you get you you do that stuff. IBM wants to be that of AI. We do not want you to interface directly with Watson X. We don't want to be to be. Sorry, we do not want to be B to C. We want to be B to B. We want to give you an API with a trusted environment to be able to work off of that. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because the developers that are listening to your, your, your podcast right now, what I am offering to you is a simple, non-crazy, right, REST API with Watson X that you can trust, that you can just literally use requests from Python, right, to do a simple post to the back end with a certain API key and a couple of requests of like which model you want to push it through. It's a really simple JSON uh, or yeah, JSON. And then it comes back with what you want. So you do all the heavy lifting inside of Watson X, but for your application, you can literally just leverage it a little bit higher, right? You just add one little request and it comes back with a nice little blob of information. So the practicality of it is, Again, it depends, right? But the idea is we, we're trying to build the railroad for you here so you can get the information you're looking for and be able to pull intelligently back. Did that answer your question? So. It did. Yes. Thank you. I was going to say, so basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to say, okay, see all these booths at KubeCon. Imagine a number of these companies actually running on top of what's next underneath, but you just don't know it yet. You yeah, as a consumer wandering around KubeCon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're, we're building phone lines, building the railroad, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, about okay. it. Whatever major infrastructure change you're thinking of, in essence, we're trying to do that for AI. And you're trying to be Bell Labs is basically what you're telling me. You're trying to be the old school Bell Labs that's building yeah. out the original stuff that eventually everybody builds on top of. Yep. And then um, on top of that too, like I haven't even mentioned quantum inside of this space, right? There's a, there's a spur that goes Don't into that ecosystem buzzwords. too. Don't just throw buzzwords, no. JJ. I, I have a bunch of PhDs, all they do every, PhD physicists all day, every day. All they do is look at this weird ass computer that's gonna take all our lives or something. Yeah, exactly. No, it makes sense. I I guess my, my question always comes down to, there's a people problem under this to me. Right under AI in general, no matter like where where it ends up, if it gets integrated into the cloud native ecosystem or if it stays in the like AI ecosystem, I guess for lack of a better term. But 
you know, we can get the models to, we can get the AI to start saying, here's the citations. We can get people to try to verify everything, but we have that trust, but verify. But how many people sit there and actually look at the citations, right? Like that always was a thing in science. I remember was people don't always check the citations. You have to learn to be very good about checking those. It doesn't come to you naturally most of the time. So how do we like, if I think about, let's say that some company decides, okay, I'm going to build a monitoring tool that goes through all of my live metrics and analyzes everything using AI and comes out with an idea of, okay, this system probably is going to fail as like a 20% chance of failing in the next 24 hours, right? Mm -hmm. like, let's say that's an eventual thing because that's an evaluation a person might do, but it gives you all the citations, but it, who's going to go back and look at their logs to verify it right now, right? If I'm told, like, oh, it works, my reaction is, okay, it works, right? Yeah. So how do you how do you deal with that people problem when it comes to this AI question of, well, we do have to verify it somewhere. Otherwise, we get pages that wake us up at 3 a.m. in the morning and for nothing, because nothing actually went wrong because the AI got it wrong because they analyzed some other incident from somebody else that just happened to have a correlation here or something, right? How do we get there? I don't know if that makes any sense, but... How do we fix the chicken little problem? <laughs> Can Sorry. I try and broaden that question? Because I think yeah, you're both thinking some, something very similar, right? Get, and I don't know if I'm I... am trying to get there, yeah. David, you might be able to say this better than I can, so go for it. I, I don't think so. I had a question, and then you asked something really similar, and I'm like, oh, if we just expect... Like, so let's try it, right? We, we've, got all, we've got a world of AIs. Every developer is out there talking to a different AI... I'm just going to call them singularities and AIs, right? I know there's different, <laughs> whatever. Now, we're all asking these questions. We're all getting answers. And we mentioned licensing. We mentioned copyright. Derivative works are obviously a huge challenge when it comes to people using these answers to then put something out into the world. So there's this ethical dilemma as well, which I think ties into what Laura was asking, is that if 10 people go and ask AI, how to write a good song or a catchy song or a number one hit, and then they all go start to use this. That's 10 different AIs that then somehow need to be answered the question of backtrack. Do we need another AI to answer the question of was this written by an AI? Do these AI companies need to work together to provide a transparency log to inputs and outputs to prove that something was an artifact from their algorithm? Uh, how do what's the future look like here? This is clearly a tough question or a, a tough predicament. So, what, how does IBM tackle that? How does What's Next tackle that? Are there conversations with other companies? This was actually a, a wonderful uh, working session at Fossey. Um, we had this whole, and I can I can link to the uh, Etherpad that um, captured all the notes for this, uh, and it was basically the. Open source, if you don't know what Fossey is, it's uh, what OSCON used to be, um, but Fossey has broken off from, it's the same group of people, but not under the O'Reilly banner. Um, it's it's completely, it's under the Software Conservancy. Um, they're the ones who go after the GPL people, right? They, they, they have the GPL lawyers, and uh, they, they are they're an interesting breed. Let's just put it that way. Oh, a lot of Stallman, a lot of Stallman. Anyway, um, the, the the interesting conversation happened was how do you how can you verify and and say that this data is is not stolen 
Um, that was what it boiled down to, which is, I think, kind of where you're going there. Yeah. And um, it always went back to the, it always, this, this end point, or this end entity, this tarball, sure, let's call it a tarball. Um, this tar, make sure that this tarball, which most likely is a binary, um, isn't stolen. It always went back to the data. It always kept going back to, if I can prove to you that this tarball came out of this data blob through the model that I've created, and it is this data is verifiable, that is the only way that you can backtrack through. Problem is, is models aren't models don't have like a SHA, right? They don't have some way to say that this was the model that I used to do off because the technology just doesn't exist, right? And as much as we want to add all that stuff onto this stuff to be able to say that yes, this is this exists. The ecosystem is already so large and has moved far so 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 rapidly ahead of us where you can get an older version of ChatGPT on Hugging Face. You didn't know. They're, they've open sourced the, those models, the models, not the data, the models onto Hugging Face so you can play with ChatGPT on your local laptop. They're shit, but they do exist. The challenge is, is we have no answer for that in the space. And the way that IBM was answering it is through doing the pile, cleaning, being able to show you the models and, and with legal penalties, say, and with literally pen to paper to say, yes, this is, we can show you exactly what's going on. But ChatGPT, Microsoft, I can tell you, they will never do that, right? As, as, much, as, as much as we want to say that um, when you go into the, uh, the disruptors, I'm just using that as a term to cover the non, the, 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 I say this with love, the normies, when they think about chat GPT, right? They, those are the disruptors, the ones that are going to be using it to write the paper for their history class or whatever, right? The, the models and the data that, they, that exists in that space, the companies behind it, like OpenAI, will never give us those data sets. They will never do that. And then with Microsoft investing their time and effort with like uh, 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 Copilot, right? That's one I, I, I kind of just skipped over, but I fall in the same space as ChatGPT. As much as they claim that they didn't take code from GitHub, as much as they claim they, they you can have only Copilot only look in your org, we're computer professionals. We know that's never true. Right, and as soon as you get that data slurped into the model, you have no way to pull that data out. People forget that, like it, models oh, are so added. There's no, most, like there's again? no, re there's no reverting. Once you once you've trained something, there's no way to revert it and like pull it out. Not okay. easily. Not, no, you could destroy the model and recreate the model with removing the data. But then again, if that model's already out there, it just again, it's it's a compiler. You've got to think of it as a compiler, and then all of a sudden, a lot more things start making sense. So Microsoft will never give us a legal affidavit saying that, no, I did not take any private repos from GitHub. And no, uh, I, used, I looked through all of GitHub looking for all the license files to make sure the attribution is correct on all of the open source projects I did. That alone is a Herculean effort. Like, what did you get trained off of this this code that somebody just put up on GitHub and there's no default license? Legally speaking, Software Conservancy couldn't represent them in court going after Microsoft because of that, 
right? And it, again, it goes back to what we were starting at the very beginning in this conversation with is we have no visibility into this space because the technology moves so quickly without checks and balances that we are now at a point where, I, okay, bad analogy, and it just kind of hit me right now. But stick with me for a second. You know I'm the queen of bad analogies, so go for it. <laughs> In essence, we've created a bunch of of of, uh, of uh, uh, printing presses, right? All of a sudden, we created printing presses all over the world that you can create that you don't have to organize anymore. They can just start printing out information for you. And now, what's stopping you from selling those books, right? Because there's no validation that as long as you got that initial printing press with the, um, the, the plates in it to give you the books to, 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 to shove out. That is what AI has done. It's given the ability to send out that information very quickly. At least when we had the internet, when it first hit and people were worried about pirated books and stuff like that, the ecosystem created blobs of ways of uh, secure pathways to getting these things, right? And, and, and validated path, the iTunes of the world, if you will. But here, that horse is already out of the barn and already to the next town, right? We've got a lot of catching up to do. And the only way, and the problem also is that this is global, right? Like, this is not just our friends in China. They could create LLMs that do all the, they create patents for them. And U.S. law means nothing, right, over there. They have their own set of laws and their own ways to doing technology, and they have a lot of computing power over there, right? So, so just I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. I'm just trying to express this to our audience that we're talking to here, saying that as much as you think, hey, the joke of, hey, um, ChatGPT, give me an application, and it gives you an application in five minutes that does blah, you're going to be spending 24 hours debugging what the hell that application does because you can't trust it. And there's this whole ecosystem of around that, that people don't recognize that it actually spurs out to a lot of other stuff. Anyway, sorry, I, I got on, on a roll there. It's okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So the TLDR is we're all doomed. It's all fucked. Go hug your loved ones. <laughs> hugging just face? Turn off, just turn off the computer. Yeah. Okay. yeah hugging face, hugging, <laughs> hugging the face. Hugging face and, Turn it off, and the, the next podcast will be coming to you generated by AI. Uh, our, our faces will be moving, but we will not be the ones that... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I guess, I guess we're at the end of this. I mean, like, there's a ton more to dig into. Uh, and who knows? I mean, if, uh, if there's more you want to hear on this topic, by the way, there is a Discord that you can join. It's called Raw Code Academy, and there's a channel specifically for Cloud Native Compass, and I'm calling it out right now because I have it open in another tab, that uh, if you want to ask more questions, maybe we can do another episode on AI someday in the future. Uh, you can see, but yeah. Yeah, let, let, let me throw out a, a, a positive thing, Plug. right? Like We're positive, either one. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if there's a bad lack there. No, I was just thinking, like, you know, this is like for me, right? I'm not in the ML space. I'm not in the AI space. This was all new to me as uh, ChatGPT and OpenAI came out and Google Bard and all that sort of stuff, right? Um, to me, th those were the only options. But I think we're in a really fortunate position now. But there are other options. There's a lot of movement. It's a lot of, you know, not volatility, but it's just 
there's new ideas coming all the time and there's a lot more open source happening too and there's a lot more trusted execution environments like we're hearing about with Watson X. I think there's a lot of positives that's going to come from AI, even though it's easy to point out the scary bits, the negative bits, right? But I'm I'm still extremely hopeful based on everything that I've seen in the past and I've heard today from JJ that it's going to have a net positive impact on my life and hopefully other people's lives. Like I'm, I'm excited for the people working on this. Okay. I'm excited. Well, and at the same time, like, <laughs> I, have, I have more history in like ML and things like that from Python, but also from science, like just thinking through that, like to me, I'll be honest, all of this is stats all the way down and stats and is. I have a hate relationship for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just act around. I'm just like, do my homework. Stan lies and statistics. I mean, come on. Like, that's exactly how it works. Uh, I think Mark II is a little quiescent in that sense. Anyway, but who knows? Maybe we'll get really lucky and it works out. But, JJ, is there any last, like, thoughts, comments, uh, whatever? Because we're already longer than we normally are, but this is a really interesting conversation. And uh, maybe you have any last things, last plugs, last whatever. Where can we find you online? All that fun stuff. Uh, yeah, well, um, first of all, uh, I'm pretty easy to find online uh, at JJ Asgard, most places. Um, if you are interested in Watson X, uh, I do need to plug the URL, uh, ibm.biz slash dev dash Watson X. The dash is the actual dash, not D-A-S-H, but the actual dash. Uh, dev dash Watson X, um, ibm.biz. Uh, I do want to acknowledge that um, it is hard. Uh, you think Kubernetes is hard. Um, you think uh, our cloud native ecosystem is hard, and it is. Um, when you start playing in the the the, the uh, AI space, um, be prepared to be confused, um, question your ethics and morality, and never ask what a developer advocate is, because uh, I did once, and uh, it told me I was in essence a CIA agent killing people. That was a little Wait, weird. What? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, There's a I'm reason I have I'll, not created a chat GPT account yeah. or any AI. No, this was, this was just an open source LLM. It was even better. It was just like some generic open source LLM that basically described, described developer advocates going sent out by Obama to, to kill Russian um, entities or something like that. It was really weird. It was really weird. Even more exciting life than I realized. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, thanks for coming out, JJ. I hope it was fun. I hope y'all enjoyed. David, last thoughts? I know you're lagging all of a sudden. Yeah. Meh. <laughs> I guess that's the answer. AI. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's totally good. But on that note, thanks to y'all for listening. Thanks for joining us. If you want to keep up with us, consider subscribing to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app, or even go to cloudnativecompass.fm. And if you want us to talk with someone specific or cover a specific topic, reach out to us on any social media platform. Until next time, when exploring the cloud native landscape, on three. On three. One, two, three. Don't forget Don't your compass. Don't forget your compass. <laughs>